Hi guys. This is Jonathan Washington again with another episode of What Would Jesus Do Right Now? Devotional based on revealing to us through God's word how Jesus Christ is relevant in our lives today. And um, I'd like to start with a little testimonial today. Um, as you know, in any walk of life, even in the faith, we go through trials and tribulations. Um, for me, it's a lot of dissecting in my so-called analytical mind, um, different facets of my life and Lord, when you ask him to remove things or to purge parts of your life that don't line up with his will, you begin to see all the things that are in your heart, all your desires, your wants, your needs, whether they be negative or positive. And sometimes it's real a really hard pill to swallow sometimes. When you get to when you get a really hard look at your flesh. But in all things, as the Lord's hand is in, it is for your betterment. But the devil would, would try to have you think that these things can never be these things in your life can never be healed. Um, the sins that you've committed in the past will always be a part of who you are. But the Lord sees things very differently. And that is something that I've had to focus on. Sometimes I don't do a very good job. But... But Jesus, him dying on the cross, covered a multitude of sins. His sacrifice, what he did for us, and is continuing to do for us each and every day. As a thing as Christians, we need to hold near and dear to no matter the circumstance. No matter if you're at work and you're, you're having conflicting feelings or things are going wrong, if you can't separate yourself, this is easy as speaking to God in your mind, going inward to that inward man and talking to God and crying out to Him for understanding or taking a long walk after a long day and just reflecting on God's goodness in your life. Because that's what happened to me tonight um, the Lord brought up a time when he saved me from myself and that was a time 
where the resolutions for my problems were all bad except for Jesus Christ. Where the problems of my life became a mountain over my head. And the only way of salvation, the only way for me to receive freedom was to open my heart up to Christ and put all my problems at His feet. It took years. Even me going in the completely wrong direction as far as religious belief to go. For God to humble me and create in me a new creature. And that's something that unless we meditate on God's blessings, we can overlook and miss sometimes. Uh, I remember the times where I had nothing but time on my hands to write and I read the word and the Lord will have me write spiritual poems to enrich my own spirit and others. And the Lord brought that back to my remembrance today. And it brought joy to my heart to know that the Lord loved me that much. It was been sent a special word down vicariously through me for me. Isn't God good? But it was not only for me, because nothing that is given to me by the grace of God should I ever hold up and hoard for myself. Because every blessing that God gives you, that love that He shows you, that grace and that mercy, it should be knowledge for all to know. Because salvation is a very serious thing. And sometimes we as Christians take it so lightly, me, myself included. Because we could have easily been on a path straight to hell. First class ticket. But if not for the grace and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He's been known to save a few lives in order to enrich thousands. And Lord had me really dissect some notes today taking some notes and being really serious about the things that the Lord was putting in my ear and putting in my heart. Because it, life, life, the struggle of life is real. The temptations and the trials and tribulations of life, it's very serious. 
There are a lot of things that God is known for. He's known to be a healer, a provider. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Nisi, my Prince of Peace. But one thing he will never be known for in all eternity is being a liar. That's one thing God will never, ever be known for. And as we read God's word today, the Lord has a few examples through my own life of of the scriptures that he led today through Pastor Buck Crumley from about my father's ministry, my pastor, my brother, my spiritual teacher, that he allowed Brother Buck to enrich my spirit, to enrich everyone's spirit, to let us know that God is still with us. And we can find him by by the things he's known to do in our lives. I'd like to start with prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your enriching spirit, your grace and your mercy. Lord, I pray right now that you allow your Holy Spirit to come down. And cover my head, Lord, so that my thoughts will be your thoughts. Cover my mouth so your words will be my words. Cover my ears, Lord, so I can hear your calming spirit. I pray all this in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um. We're just going to go down the list, guys. This is just how it's going to work today. And we're going to start in Colossians 1.16. Let's do a little fifty loo. All right. give you the caption before I give give you the verse. Um, The theme of this verse is he's been known to create. It says, for by him all things were created that are in the heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Give that caption one more time. For he's been known to create. Oh my goodness. All right. We're going to, thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to go back to verse 15. It's like a prelude. 
the predecessor of this verse says in verse 15 is he is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation now who is that who is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation that person would be Jesus that man, our Savior, who deserves our highest praise because he paid the ultimate price for our salvation. He gave what no other man was willing to give because they didn't have it in them. So God had to send his only begotten son so that we would not perish, but that we would have everlasting life a true testament of faith giving it all and you can go back to Abraham who was willing to sacrifice his own son the son he prayed many years for he was willing to sacrifice his own son to please God Job who through all the afflictions that he went through, losing all his wealth, losing his family, losing everything, being infected on his skin from head to toe, never once did he curse or forsake God. Never once. Isn't that wonderful? That no matter what happens, no matter what anyone did, no matter what anyone said, no matter how many times they cursed Jesus, no matter how many times they spit in his face, no matter how many times they whipped him, the Bible says he never said a word. And even as they laid him on the cross, nailed his hands and his feet to the cross, put the crown of thorns on his head you know what Jesus said to them you know what Jesus said to his father he says father forgive them for they know not what they do that is what Jesus did for us and Jesus is here now to create a new in us we are the new creations. Once we give our lives to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, acknowledge Him as the Son of God and put all our faith and desires and wants and cares at His feet and make our minds up who we want to be in Him. Then God will create in us a new person. That's not to say we'll never go in through any stripes. We'll never be have to deal with the sins of our past. It's not to say that the things that we used to be a part of won't come back to us, that we'll be free from all of that. Because as long as we're in the flesh, we're subjected to fleshly desires, wants, and needs. The Lord says that I will be with you in those because we will, he will, we will have him on the inside. That inward man 
that inward presence, that calming spirit. It was best said by a pastor that everybody always looks for the physical because we have eyes. We want to see things. We have brains. We want to know everything. But God works like the wind. You can't see it. But you can see the evidence of what it does. And that's how we have to look at God. We have to sit back and meditate. As I had to do tonight. Over the many blessings. That God has moved me through in my life. Because I could have so easily been. As I said earlier, on a one-way ticket to hell. But Jesus. But Jesus. And, <laughs> and as we move forward, we're going to go back to the Old Testament. And we're going to learn he's been known to be exalted and uh these are some of this is is very new to me none and because i've learned that we can we can read the same scriptures over and over again but God can use the same scripture to show you something totally different based on the circumstance of what you're going through. If that makes sense. And Second Chronicles, I mean, uh, I apologize. First Chronicles, chapter 29, verse 11, showed me something that I didn't really realize. <coughs> and this is from David. And I'm going to start in verse 10. It says, Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and, and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as the head over all. The head. And there's a little excerpt from my Bible is the New Spirit Field Life Bible. And there's an excerpt. Um, it's called uh, Word Wealth. And I really like these because they, they give you context to go along with your study. So you can better understand how these, how, how these, these verses come together. And it's talking about the word majesty or had. And it says, 
It's from the Scrum's Concordance. It says, glory, honor, majesty, beauty, grandeur, excellence in the form and appearance found in 24 Old Testament references. Had refers to whatever or whoever is royally glorious. The word splendor may best, best define Had. Here David states that the splendor and glory belong to God. Compare with Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. He's known to be exalted. Look back in your life. As I look back in mine. There in the world, I've been known by many facets, many things that negative or positive. There are many things in my life that I've been known for. And when I take the time to meditate on God's blessings, meditate on this word, the first thing that comes to my mind is when I tell someone about something that I've been through and how the Lord brought me out, the Lord really speaks strong to, strongly to me that I deserve no glory for the man that God has created me to be. I had no hand in the man that God created me to be. Because you know why? Because this is not the man that my flesh wanted me to be. My flesh wanted me to be a man of the world, a man of the people, a leader of worldly desires. I told my wife one time, and she she probably won't care about this story. I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, that... If I had to choose a world for myself, it'd be like choosing between need and desire. My desires come from my flesh. The desire to feel comfortable, the desire to do what you want to do, the desire to live how you want to live, that all comes from the flesh. Those desires those urges, those things that you you covet in the world, whether it be wealth, whether it be um, sexually based, whether it be any of those desires that we hold near and dear to in our lives that we want to covet and hold on to. Like, this is what I want for myself. This is what I'm going to do for myself. And then you have your needs. The needs that only God can meet. Because you can desire for the world, but you also can put off the cares of those cares of the world and desire for what God has for you. And there are, there are three types of people in this world: people who do good for others in order to get a blessing from God. Those are the type of people who who 
lean on the fact that, okay, if I do something good for him, something good is going to come back for me. So I'm going to continue to do good for people because I'm living off the works and not a lot of faith. And then you have the, the second person, the person who desires to do good for others in order to fulfill their needs. In order to, they kind of, first and second were kind of tied together, but the only difference would be is the second person does things to show others that they do good. The outward man. Because that fulfills their need of making themselves feel better about the person that they are. Because they do good in order for others to see it. But they're, they're still carnally based. Those two are very carnally based. And then there's the ones who desire to be more like Christ. The ones who do because they love. Do because it's the right thing to do. Do it because for the sake of not for my personal benefit to pacify my flesh. They do it because they want to, they desire to be more like Christ. They desire to live the way God wants them to live. And that is the realm in which we need to be in. And in order to do that, we have to give reverence to God. We have to give reverence to Jesus. We have to not only give reverence. Reverence seems like it's just, okay, like I'm going to put them at the bottom of this paper because they helped me do this. No. They are the creator. God is the creator, the artist, and the finisher. He's who completes us. So if God never did anything else in my life, in our lives, we should forever be grateful. We should ever we should always be willing to praise God for what he has done in our lives. Because his word says he's, he was here before, he's here doing, and he's going to be here after. He's going to be here. He was here with us in the past. He's here with us in the present. And he's going to be with us in the future because that is how God establishes us. God doesn't just come in a little while then leave. He's always there. Even when we didn't want him to be there, God was there and he's always going to be there. Because that is what he establishes in his people. The Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, but God was always there. You want to know God was always there? Because he fed the manna from heaven, because he, he allowed Moses to be with them. And then when Moses passed away, he sent someone else to be there. And then even then, he continued to be there in spite of what they were doing because He's still here today. So let you know that he never went anywhere. He's always there. It's on us to make our minds up and stretch our hands out and say, Lord, I come to you as humbly as I know how. Because that's only that's the only way we'll see God's promise in our lives. And it and we have to look at it outside of this world because the perfect way somebody told me, and they never really I don't think they really truly understood what they were saying when they said this. How can you describe God? with manly words when God is outside of our realm of belief. God is outside our realm of understanding. You can't rationalize God with all the words in a dictionary because he's outside of that realm. That is something for you to think about. 
you have to reach God by His standards. You can't expect God to come down and reach you by your standards. You can't think of God as a dictator because He's not. He gives every man free will. We have to think of God as our Father, as someone who loved us, even when we didn't love ourselves. And as we move forward, there's... um. The Lord had me write this down, um, verse by verse, and it moves. We we move on to Psalms, chapter twenty-eight, verse seventeen, and it says, "The Lord is my strength and my shield; my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song I will praise Him." And the excerpt is, "He's known." To be my strength and my shield. And Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 through 13. Connects to it so heavenly. Because. It adds emphasis. You have the old and the new testament to give you a better understanding of how, how God uses his word together. To bring closure need to give you understanding, it says, and starting at verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the, the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness, in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that may be able, that you may be able to stand, to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Last part again. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. God is known to prepare us for battle. And a lot of times, this is something that the Lord revealed at the end that I didn't see earlier when I wrote it down. I didn't, the Lord didn't reveal this to me earlier when I wrote it down. But he knew that I would come back to it. He knew that there there was more to gain. There was more fruit from this tree than I ever thought. It's like, you know, when it's Christmas time and you get all the candy canes off of the tree and you get all the ones off of the front. And then when you get ready to take the tree down, you notice that there are a couple more in the back that you didn't notice. One in a high place that you never saw. Those are the gems. That's, that's, that's how you put in your mind the gems that the Lord leaves for you. You'll never know they're there until you need them. And we sometimes fall short because in order for us to know that we need to take up the whole armor of God so that we may withstand the trials and tribulations of the day, we have to know what the whole armor of God is. And I say this part, I guess, for last because it's something that we can continue to dissect on. Because it, it's, it's, it's not just a one-time thing, you know what I mean? You need to know it's something that we need to continue to seek. 
continues to search for, continues to dissect. And we get to learn what this is. If we go down to verse 14 through 18, we learn a little bit more. Because before we know how to use the armor, we have to know what the armor is. All right, now this, starting in verse 14, it says, Stand therefore, having girded your wrist with truth. Huh. Me and my wife were talking about this. We're taking a ride home. And the gifts of God are, are wonderful. And they're humbling. Because we were talking about how 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 the Lord deciphers the word between us, and it's magical of how how easily the Lord translated down and gave me understanding of what this means. What does it mean to girded yourself with girded your wrists with truth? We all know when someone tells the truth what they're doing. The word truth is a word of purity. Honesty, earnesty, and that is what the Lord asks for us. For us, for, when we're truthful, we're being earnest. Speak everything as it should be, even though it isn't. Because we know the truth of God's word. We know what God says he'll do in our lives. So we have to display that truth that purity, that earnesty with others. But we have to equip ourselves with it first, knowing that no matter what happens, we're going to be truthful to God's word. And the second part of the verse is, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, what does it mean to be righteous? Back to that earnesty, that purity. That upstanding upright, not only in appearance, but intentions from the heart. We put on not our own righteousness, because that's pride. We put on God's righteousness of humility. God desires for us to be humble servants, a pious man, a man or woman of higher cord. Because what does the Lord say? How we to approve our, uh, show ourselves approved. It's a very good question, isn't it? That's a question that's somewhat easily answered. Study. 
dun, dun, dun. Study and show thyself approved. That is how God instills his righteousness in our lives. By studying his word. And as we go on to verse 15, and it says, Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's like lacing those shoes up. Because we establish ourselves, or I would say God establishes us as peaceful individuals, individuals of sober minds, of one accord. Because anger creates chaos and disconnection, but peacefulness. The gospel is the gospel of peace, of, of enrichment, of enlightenment, of, of, of reconciliation, of putting off those fleshly desires, those carnal desires, those desires of uh, all those fruits of iniquity. We're, 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 we're casting off that skin like scales and we're enriching ourselves in the sobriety of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. We're, we're enriching ourselves with his peace, knowing that by faith, all things are healed by faith. And as we continue to go on to verse 16, huh, above all, taking the shield of faith with you, which you were able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We all know who the wicked one is, That's Satan. We equipped ourselves with the shield of faith. That faith is what heals. But this, this is all the spiritual body. All of this, but all of this is 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 part of that inward man, the things that the Lord gives us within to equip us. Truth, righteousness, peace. Faith, all these things work together as one. When they're put together with the Lord's hand, when we allow God to be our potter and for us to be the clay, for him to mold us in his image so that we can live the way he set for us to live. We go on to verse 17. I like this one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. That mighty sword. That mighty word. That you ever been in a situation where you're going through something and God sends you a word from the Bible and it soothes your spirit? the point where you don't even know why you were so upset in the first place and and you you think in your mind about the salvation the price that Jesus paid on the cross for our sins let you know that you're covered in the blood you're covered putting that salvation 
a crown of salvation, a helmet of salvation on your head, that you know that you're covered, covered by the blood. It's a wonderful feeling. Now you can use the word to combat Satan, cut through him like a two-edged sword, double-edged sword, cut right through him with the word. All that doubt, all the hypocrisy, all the things that hold you back, you can cut right through it with his word. As we go on to verse, finally to verse 18, praying always. I wonder why he says that. Praying always. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all the perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Amen. We have to be strong in God. Because Paul says to be strong in the Lord. Strong. We can't wither. We can't become frayed at the edges because we'll begin to crack and to split. We have to continue to put on this armor, the whole armor. Because that's why he said it, the way he said it. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. We have an obligation to do what needs to be done to obtain this armor. Because he's been known to equip us for battle. And I'm going to read you guys this final insert. Um, it says spiritual war warfare. Um, another excerpt from my Bible. It says faith's warfare. Paul admonishes us to put on the whole armor of God in order to stand against the forces of hell. It is clear that our warfare is not against physical forces, but against invisible powers who have clearly defined levels of authority and real, though invisible, sphere of activity. Paul, however, is not only not only warns us of a clarity defined structure in the invisible realm, he instructs us to take up the whole armor in order to maintain a battle stance against this unseen satanic structure. All of this armor is not just a passive protection in facing the enemy. It is to be used offensively against these satanic forces. Note final note Paul's final directive. We are to be praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. That's verse 18. Thus, prayer is not so much a weapon or not even a part of the armor as it means by which we engage the battle itself and the purpose for, purpose for which we are armed. To put on the armor of God is to prepare for battle. Prayer is the battle itself with God's word being our chief weapon employed against Satan during our struggle. Amen. Amen. Enriching to the spirit. Enriching to the spirit. We, we as Christians have to learn how 
how we fight our battles because the Lord really brought me and my wife our song. And it's, 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 uh, the song is called, This is How We Fight Our Battles. And I remember one day when me and my wife were going through our struggles, the Lord brought me that song to bring me peace. And he, he, he allowed me to declare my peace before the whole congregation at church. Because what caught my spirit was a part of the song when it says, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And it goes on to say, this is how I fight my battles. With prayer. And continuing to put that armor on. Even when it feels like it's, it weighs a ton. I have to continue to put that armor on. We have to continue to put that armor on. And fight with prayer. That is our battlefield. Prayer. Fasting. That is how we fight. Enriching ourselves with God's word. That's what prepares us for battle. You can't be successful without preparation. God knows our limitations. But we can't limit ourselves. We have to seek diligently, earnestly, wholeheartedly in order for ourselves to be pushed aside and for God to establish something in us. Because he's been known to do that. I thank everyone who listens today and throughout the week. Um, give praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And through his sacrifice, salvation for our lives is possible. Um, I'm a member of About My Father's Ministry, located at 2533 North Ashley Street in Valdosta, Georgia. It's a lovely church home that the Lord has blessed me and my wife to be a part of, and it continues to enrich our spirits and drive us forward. With all glory to God, I just praise the Lord diligently seeking me even when I didn't want to be found and um, if you guys if this podcast has been a blessing to you guys I would ask that you guys go on iTunes and rate, subscribe and review we're on just about any major podcast platform whether it be Spotify, Stitcher TuneIn Radio Radio Public and if you guys, uh, Google Podcasts as well, and if you guys are on iTunes, if you guys have an Apple phone, we're on Apple Podcasts. Um, there are ways to subscribe on any major podcast um, platform, follow, leave reviews. 
whatever you feel compelled in your heart. Again, this is what would Jesus do right now? My podcast devotional focused on showing us how God is relevant in our lives today through his word. I hope you guys have a blessed evening. Later.